Good morning. I hope you're having a fine Sunday morning. Welcome back for another edition of Miami Valley Voices on this Cox radio station. I'm your host from the Dayton Daily News, Ron Rollins, and I am in the studio with somebody who's been here before, a longtime um, fellow Rotarian and good friend, Amy Radacci from uh, Rebuilding Together Dayton. She's the president and CEO. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you for being here. So, um, you know, we make a joke on this show that there's a whole bunch of Dayton Rotarians that end up on the show because it's like a who's who of the kind of people you want on a show like this, you know, movers and shakers and people who do important stuff in the community. Tell us about Rebuilding Together Dayton. You were here about three years ago when I started doing this show, but it was at a recent Rotary Talk where you said a whole bunch of updated stuff on the organization that made me think like, wow, there's enough weird new stuff going on with her organization that, that I should bring her back for an update. So, And your organization touches a lot of lives in a very positive way, so give us the scanning. Well, Rebuilding Together Dayton is getting ready to celebrate our 20th anniversary. That's so cool. in April, on the 25th of April, mm-hmm. we will have our 20th National Rebuilding Day event. That's not bad. And what is a National Rebuilding Day event? Well, National Rebuilding Day is a day where volunteers from all over the community Mm -hmm. will descend upon the Westwood neighborhood in West Dayton Mm -hmm. and perform repairs on 20 houses for Mm -hmm. owner-occupied residents. That's cool. Now, um, uh, before we turn on the mics, I mentioned today that about three or four weeks ago we had uh, the director of local Habitat for Humanity in, and that's a good place maybe to uh, tell people the difference between that organization and yours. You're helping people stay in houses that they already live in, as opposed to working with people to build a new house from scratch. Right. right. My elevator speech for that comparison is <laughs> I Habitat, figured you had one. <laughs> Habitat yeah. builds from the ground up for the first time homeowner, uh-huh. whereas Rebuilding Together Dayton works on existing homes so that mostly the elderly and disabled can age in place. That's cool. Now, why is that important for folks? Well, it's really important for our homeowners in our community to age in place because it's so much more cost effective mm-hmm. to keep them in their own homes mm-hmm. than to move them to an assisted living facility. What's the difference? So if we could put in a modification on the average cost of about $5,000, like mm-hmm. re- grab bars, handrails, step and shower, wheelchair ramp, mm-hmm. as opposed to shifting them to an assisted living facility, whereas that would cost about $30,000 annually. Mm-hmm. So for a one-time investment of $5,000, we can keep them in their homes that on average they've lived in for 30 years. Oh, really? They choose to age in place, and they could choose to age in place in their own home. So that's our mission. Now, how do they find you? Uh, there's uh, how, Who is your typical client slash customer, and, and how do they how, how do they become familiar with you? Well, our typical client comes to us referred by a social service agency, mm-hmm. like Area Agency on Aging, Meals on Wheels, Senior Resource Connection. So they are in the system, per se, with working with social service agencies. Mm-hmm. So they might have a visiting nurse, they might receive Meals on Wheels, and one of these um, contacts they have will notice that they might need a step and shower, they mm-hmm. need a grab bar, they need a handrail. Mm-hmm. So therefore, they work with Rebuilding Together to get into this into our program so that we can help them with repairs to their house. Now, is it usually stuff that's that, um, I don't wanna say cut and dried, but that cut and dried and simple, like bathroom modifications, or is it stuff that becomes much more <laughs> elaborate than that? I, well, it all depends like, what's on- What's the range of stuff you do to a home? Well, it all depends on the house and mm-hmm. uh, the need and the deferred maintenance that has taken place. So mm-hmm. since the average age of our homeowner is 72. And usually single, possibly? Um, usually uh, widowed. Mm-hmm. 
um, the average time in their home is about 30 years. Their average income is about seven, $17,000 a year. So yeah. once they've paid for their their living expenses, there is not a, a lot left behind to make the repairs to the house. And these are homes they own? They are all owner-occupied. Okay, okay. So um, when does the, does the work only happen on the National Rebuilding Day that you mentioned? Well, or? when we started 20 years ago as mm-hmm. Christmas in April, the work only took place on the last Saturday in April. Mm-hmm. We were run by me as a part time volunteer mm-hmm. board president mm-hmm. and the work was taking place only on the last Saturday in April with mm-hmm. volunteers mm-hmm. and as the community involvement grew so did the need for our services so when we went year round in 2000 mm-hmm. we started doing work beyond the last Saturday in April so that we started neighbor care and went throughout Montgomery County to perform work every day. Okay so um, so year round organization describe generally also the organization too are, the only, are you the only full time person? Or? Um, we have four and a half staff okay. people. I'm full-time. We have a full-time program manager who runs the neighbor care program. Mm-hmm. We have an AmeriCorps member, which mm-hmm. is the domestic version of the Peace Corps. Right. I have that person for 11 months, and after his term of service, he will receive um, an education award to be applied toward existing student loans or future schooling. Oh, that's cool. And I have a part-time person who and runs... And you always have an AmeriCorps person that kind of rotates in? Or? I have had... He's my seventh. Mm. Um, oh, wow through our national office. So we've been really fortunate to have great AmeriCorps members come to us from all over the country, actually. And so you mentioned that this used to be Christmas in July. Christmas in April. In April. Give a uh, wrong month, sorry. Give give, give a little bit, just general history of the organization. Well, it started here in Dayton in 1996 after I had attended a conference in Texas where I met the then national president, Patty Johnson, Mm -hmm. at a National Trust for Historic Preservation conference. Mm -hmm. I came back to Dayton, uh, was a member of Preservation Dayton, Inc., and we were talking about who should we have in as our annual speaker. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, I heard this lady at this conference. She was fantastic. We have to bring her. I live in a historic district. Everybody on PDI lives in a historic district. Mm-hmm. So we That's all true. knew everybody mm-hmm. in our neighborhood who needed the type of help that Christmas in April could provide. So how did it evolve to from that to rebuilding together? Well, historic, nationally, they changed the name because Christmas in April really wasn't representative of the work that we were doing. Mm-hmm. So nationally, when they changed the name in 2000, we went along with that because we were also finding locally it didn't represent what we actually did. So the, the 20 years for this organization is including the time when it was under the other name, but it's going back as long as there's been, since 96, when there's been some part of this organization here. And how long have you been in charge? I started the affiliate in 96. Okay, excellent. So, so, um, so all right, so you've got how many houses that you're, how many clients you're juggling at one time? Well, we'll we plan to do 20 homes on mm-hmm. National Rebuilding Day 2015, mm-hmm. but over the course of the year, we work on a couple hundred houses through all the different programs we have. We mm-hmm. offer Rebuilding Day, and through Neighbor Care, we have Heat the Town, which mm-hmm. is in the fall where we target homes for furnace tune-ups and water heater checks with the local air conditioning contractors association Mm -hmm. and we have seasonal revitalization programs in the summer when work camps come to dayton it seems to be a really good location for groups from all over the country to Mm -hmm. come in and do work Mm -hmm. within the inner inner city Mm -hmm. so through the seasonal revitalization program we'll work on several dozen houses Mm -hmm. and in um the fall we do heat the town in the winter we're doing falls prevention and fire safety Talk about false prevention a little bit. Well, it's kind of a big deal for your organization. It's a really big deal. You were talking about deal. the grab bars and stuff like that. Well, your Dayton Daily News reported uh, I love last those year. Guys. That's right. We <laughs> that did. falls kill more people than car accidents in the Miami Valley. Which I found remarkable when we reported that, but it 
kind of does make sense. I mean, I know more. I, I know I hear more stories anecdotally of older friends and or friends of family members and stuff, or family members of friends who have fallen and are having problems from it than I hear about friends who've had bad car crashes. Right. Yeah. Well, it's not necessarily the fall that kills them. It's mm-hmm. what happens after the fall. Say they fall, they break a hip, they go into the hospital, they don't come out. Don't come out. Right. They get pneumonia, they, you know, all these other things have take place and right. they don't come home. So, um, so how does false prevention work into your larger overall mission? Well, we're really fortunate this year to have received the signature grant from Dayton Power and Light to take mm-hmm. our program on a more seasonal approach. Mm-hmm. So in the... Um, winter with the falls prevention and fire safety program we're going into these homes we're doing an assessment we're removing trip hazards Mm. we're identifying where grab bars and handrails can be put up that will mostly affect the homeowner in a positive way so talk about that dpnl grant well we dpnl has been a supporter of ours for many years and they encouraged us to apply to the signature grant program that they have because they wanted to see how much of an impact they could make with us in a particular neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So we applied and uh, just a couple weeks ago received the grant for this year for $50,000. And so where does most of your money come from for the organization? Well, uh, let's see, 47% comes from the corporate community. Mm-hmm. Uh, about God 30. bless the corporate community. About, this is a really generous community. Actually, that is a prevailing theme on this program, I think, yeah, because we have a lot of people like you, you know, CEOs and presidents and executive directors of local nonprofits, and and they all talk about the generosity of the community. Well, with the corporations that that work with us, they like to they can sponsor a house mm-hmm. on rebuilding day, and mm-hmm. in addition to that, providing their funding, they can bring their employees. Mm-hmm. It's a team building exercise. They get outside. They can walk away at the end of the day and show the impact they've made in mm-hmm. in the course of a day. That's cool. So mostly corporate. Or? Corporate um, about one third government, and that mm-hmm. comes from the city of Dayton community development block grant funding oh, and okay. Montgomery County's frail elderly fund through the human services levy. Oh, that's I didn't even know about that part. Oh, okay. So, um, is any of that funding under stress lately? Is it has fundraising all, been all of our funding's under stress? You are a nonprofit after all. <laughs> right. No, we um, we're always in a competitive mode as far as funding goes. Um, we have to apply annually for all of those funding sources through okay. CDBG and through the county. And then do you do general fund and as as president CEO general fundraising falls to as well. That would be true. How much of your time goes into that? Uh, This is a question I ask people in your position a lot. I'm always curious. Well, I don't really differentiate how much time is spent fundraising per se. I feel like I'm an ambassador of the organization at all times. Mm -hmm. Like, for example, I just left Rotary meeting Mm -hmm. and I'm networking with people there who, you know, we can have a donor of furnaces. We can have somebody who can maybe donate some water heaters or warehouse space or office space. So I feel like I'm constantly in play as far as getting resources out there that will help help our organization. Right. So uh, volunteers, how many? Well, on Rebuilding Day, we anticipate over a thousand. A thousand? Yes. Wow. What's it like to manage a thousand volunteers? It's Where do you get a thousand volunteers? <laughs> Talk about the logistics involved with that. It is a logistical challenge. Um, we, <laughs> she said generously. <laughs> we work with a lot of groups. For example, the Dayton University of Dayton football team provides about ninety. Well, that's folks. cheating if you're like going to bring in a bunch of football players. Well, not exactly. <laughs> they they uh, they'll bring out half the team in the okay. morning, right. and then they'll work on a project, and the other half comes out at noon. That's they really all, cool. They all eat lunch together, and then the first half goes back on the bus and the second half stays oh, behind to get the work really done. That's really a neat idea. That's cool. So there's, there's almost 100 right there. Yeah, that's cheating, as I said. That pumps up your numbers artificially. <laughs> so, But a, a thousand volunteers, I mean, that's that's where do they come from? Mostly? Well, CareSource 
generally sponsors a house on rebuilding day. Oh, those bring guys again. Yeah. 80 to 100 volunteers from yeah, their group, but cool. lots of churches, mm-hmm. First Baptist Church, Shiloh mm-hmm. Church, they mm-hmm. sponsor homes and bring their parishioners out to do the work. Um, lots of, like Shamana Julian needs service hours. The, all the Catholic high schools worked right. with us last year, so they'll bring several several dozen students out to work. So just planning on how to employ a thousand people for a single day is probably more preparation going in to the day than the day itself. I mean, Absolutely. By the time the day happens, if it's not well laid out, it's you're done. You I got mean, it. So what goes into all that? Well, we is have that a, you again, or is there a volunteer well, coordinator that's part of your job? Or Everyone can register to volunteer online. Mm-hmm. So we work with an online database to help us get organized. Mm-hmm. We have a map. Mm-hmm. We identify the houses and the areas that we're going to work in, the neighborhoods, the parks, the you know green spaces, so that we know where the people can be mm-hmm. assigned. Mm-hmm. We'll have house captains assigned to each house who coordinate the volunteers and the, the skilled work. Mm-hmm. And we'll have block captains, and they'll be assigned to a particular area of Westwood where mm-hmm. they can coordinate the volunteers. We'll tell people about Westwood in a minute. Let's tell them what they're listening to. If you are just tuning in, welcome. This is Miami Valley Voices on this Cox Radio station this morning. And um, this is Ron Rollins, your host. We are in the studio with Amy Rodacci, who is the president and CEO of Rebuilding Together Dayton. And you had mentioned, you mentioned Westwood kind of in passing. Um, uh, several years ago when you were on, your work was kind of more widespread across the, the county, as I recall. But recently, you've kind of focused on a particular part of town in an effort to make a certain kind of impact, and it's on the Westwood neighborhood. Tell us about that, where it is, and, and all about that work. Well, Westwood is bounded by West 3rd, Kilmer, Gettysburg, and Wolf Creek. Okay. And that particular neighborhood was chosen in part due to a conversation I had in passing, really, with a police officer of the city of Dayton, mm-hmm. Paul Saunders. Mm-hmm. Um, his daughter was working with my son from Chaminade Julian on a project mm-hmm. uh, a couple summers ago. And Paul just remarked, you know, why are we at this particular house? And I looked at him and I looked at the house and I said, well, the house needs our work. And, you know, they were chosen as, mm-hmm. a, as one of our recipients. And he said, no, why are we in this particular part of town? He said, I work on the west side. I, th- I feel the need is really um, important on the west side. Mm-hmm. And I would like to challenge you to work over in Westwood. Um, he considers Westwood the tipping point neighborhood in the city. Don't but, say what he means by that. Well, by that, I mean that so many resources are currently being expended in the Westwood area. There's a, a tremendous number of juveniles in the probation system. Mm -hmm. There is a a really um, high unemployment rate. There's high code enforcement issues. Their Mm -hmm. infant mortality rate is is really poor Mm -hmm. in Westwood. So all of the community resources that are being spent in Westwood, if they could be spent somewhere else, then the city could be freed up to share the resources across the community. Mm -hmm. So if we can target, particularly Rebuilding Together, Mm -hmm. can target the housing component, we're trying to partner with a lot of other organizations to see what kind of impact we can have as a a whole. So it's not an official designation of any kind, or is it? Is it, um, when he refers to the tipping point, I mean, it's that, that was his sense as somebody who works closely in the neighborhood that that was well, actually, I think it is. We have a Westwood stakeholders group mm-hmm. that is meeting regularly to okay. identify what all can be done. We're working with Montgomery County Public Health Department. We're working with okay. the City of Dayton's Economic Development Department, mm-hmm. um, the Police Department, uh, Wesley Community Center. I, is a I great, assume people from the neighborhood as well. Yeah. Right, and the Westwood Pre-K through 8 school over there. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to layer all the different resources we can to make an impact overall in the in the whole Westwood area. So talk again about that coordination. Is who, Who's leading it? 
Well, my contact has been Becky Gayco with the mm-hmm. city of Dayton's police department. Mm-hmm. Um, we're also working with the Dayton Area Board of Realtors. Mm-hmm. They have chosen Westwood as a target area they would like to help with us. They have always volunteered for us on rebuilding day. Mm-hmm. So we have a meeting coming up to, to sit down and talk about how our resources can be best put together. So uh, what, when, how, how, has, how has this idea of concentrating on a particular neighborhood affected your work? Well, in a way, it's it's been challenging to find homeowners in a targeted area. It was in, before we would put out the word, and we would get applications from all over the city of Dayton. And now we're specifically targeting for Rebuilding Day, mm-hmm. Westwood. So it's been helpful to be able to have. So this a, is not necessarily the year-round focus, but on Building Day, this is where you put. Correct. Okay. Yeah, okay. it's right. not that we're not working throughout the whole community for throughout the, furnaces the year and stuff like that. Right. Okay, right. But we just we are targeting Westwood for okay. our seasonal program with with the DPNL grant. Mm-hmm. So we are able to go door to door, do door hangers to identify the homeowners that might be in need. Um, it's been great to work with community organizations that are already over in Westwood mm-hmm. so that we can layer our resources with each other. What's the response generally you've had from people in the neighborhood? Um, it's been positive. Mm-hmm. It's been positive. The um, Pat Rickman with the Southwest Priority Board has been really helpful to help identify homeowners who are qualified since they do have to be owner-occupied and priority is given to those who've been in their homes a minimum of 10 years. Pat is the great resource for that to help us find those homeowners. So what's the describe, the, um, describe what it's like at one house on Rebuilding Day while you're working. Uh, it does like an army of, 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 of eager volunteers with paintbrushes all descend and go crazy? Well, it's hopefully a little more organized than that, but we we do have a skilled person. We do have a skilled person who we call the house captain, and Mm. they have prior met with the homeowner. Mm. They've identified the work scope. They have lined up all the supplies and materials they need. And and this is also a volunteer, right? Correct. And they have identified the volunteers who are going to be doing the work. Mm. So, for example, on April 25th, the work will start at 8 o'clock. The volunteers will be assigned different tasks. There will be exterior painting, interior painting, yard work, mm-hmm. uh, general cleanup, uh, plumbing repairs, electrical repairs, you know, more skilled stuff is done ahead of time, but uh, some volunteers come with a lot of skills, so we all, we can put them to work. Do you need skills? I mean, We you, need you, skills you, greatly. But you want anybody? Well, we will take, we would say everyone is capable of doing something. Okay. Um, we would love to have additional skilled volunteers. I mean, I'm a, I can paint, that's all I can do, so do you, <laughs> can you, do, do you need me, or if we I, absolutely if I come you. to you and go like, I'm not a carpenter, I don't do plumbing, wiring is fire of the gods, I let other people do it, but I'm a really good painter. I mean, that you've got a job for me. We have a job for you. Okay. There's I plenty of work I, to go around. I haven't called yet. I'm just saying. <laughs> so, okay. And how many people do you get that in your volunteer role who come to you like that where they're like, I'm not a carpenter, but I want to help. I mean, do you oh, do you end up having to solicit the people that have particular hard skills that you need? Or we end up getting come? them through the groups that volunteer. Yeah. Uh-huh. So they, they can identify when they register online. They can mm-hmm. identify what their particular skills are, and then we can assign them accordingly. Okay, that's cool. So like I said, one house, basically, it looks like a swarm of eager bees all just doing stuff. And is it just that day, or is there follow-up? Well, we like to get everything done that day right. because that's when the momentum takes place is National Rebuilding Day. 
So um, if they don't finish the job that day, we do plan to come back and make sure everything is wrapped up. And you're feeding people too and everything, right? We are feeding people. So a big chunk of the annual budget goes into just this one day. Absolutely. And there's 20 houses you'll do? 20 houses. That's cool. Is it always 20 houses or is that? No, we're doing 20 for 20. Okay. For our 20th anniversary, we're selecting 20 homes. So you've ramped up. Well, we've done as many as 46 houses on rebuilding day, but um, that was before we had a year-round program. Right, right. So we were able to better and concentrate everything on that day. Right. Yeah. So um, I don't. I want to make sure we don't uh, uh, leave without mentioning a, a, a 20th anniversary event you have right. coming up at the wine gallery. We right. are. The wine gallery is a great host and a great supporter of ours. On <laughs> it's a on wine gallery. Yeah. <laughs> They're hosting our um, first breakfast benefit. So on okay. April 1st at okay. 7:45, we're hosting a. a an event there at the wine gallery downtown. So April first, it's not necessarily a wine event. Uh, no, bre- it's just breakfast. Okay. <laughs> right. Brian's hosting the the breakfast for us. How'd you get involved? How'd they get involved with you? Um, well, I'm a frequent customer <laughs> of the wine gallery, so Brian has just. Uh, so we that's also, how it works. Well, we hold our board meetings at his oh, okay. his facility that's upstairs. Cool. So people may know where it is. It's at Main and Monument, right, right by the bridge on the mm-hmm. corner. Really, really nice downtown place. Um, well, that's cool. Um, so uh, okay, so. So we're focusing on Westwood. Um, does do, do you see Westwood? How long do you see Westwood being the um, the focus of the organization? Well, we're targeting Westwood for three years. Okay, and this is the first. This is the first year. And is that true of the other organizations that are in this coalition with you? Um, I can't speak for them, but sure. I know that That's we yeah we intend to stay in Westwood for three years. If it works, would you imagine this being something that would go on the road and, for example, look next to an adjacent neighborhood so that it could kind of, I mean, if they're back to the idea of a tipping point, if you're if this effort is able to kind of really change the game in a particular neighborhood, would it make sense then to move to the next one over or another well, part of town? Or ideally, I would like to see neighborhoods apply mm-hmm. to have us work with their community because there's so much that goes into what we do, getting the partners involved. So, mm-hmm. for example, say Old North Dayton would mm-hmm. be next on the list down the road. We could partner with Children's Medical Center and mm-hmm. Citywide Development, who are already doing work over in that area. So it, it helps to have partners in place as opposed to just picking one just for the housing component. Makes sense. So um, talk a little bit about how you ended up in the job. I mean, is, what did you think you would end up doing? What was your What's your background and training originally? <laughs> My background is uh, as a paralegal. So I came oh, really? to Dayton to work at uh, Smith & Schnocky. Are you from here originally? I'm or? not from here. I'm from Indiana. Okay. So I came to Dayton hired by Smith & Schnocky fresh out of college, mm-hmm. which then became Thompson Hine. Right. So I worked there for eight years as a litigation paralegal wow. and then two years at NCR in the litigation department. And ended up just coming as a volunteer to this organization. Right. In my living in Dayton View Historic and being involved with the City of Dayton's Landmarks Commission is how I was introduced to the Christmas and April program. So I worked with the organization as a volunteer for the first three years. How did you get How did you get involved in preservation as an interest? Um, living in an old house that needs a lot of work. <laughs> and people it's a that beautiful you meet. house, though, yeah. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, people that you meet when you are in that type of community. I mean, at the time, back, we were all urban pioneers. We all had that in common where we would work on each other's homes and get to know each other and run in those circles. That's kind of how that worked out. Mm -hmm. So um, 
And how long have you been in the house you're in? The, the, uh, the over 20 years. Wow. So do you consider it done? No, it'll <laughs> never be done. <laughs> it's 95% done, but it's, it's, it'll never be done. So um, is, uh, is, is Dayton a, a, a good place to do this kind of business? You mentioned the generosity of the community a minute ago, but I mean, uh, what, what, do you, what kept you in Dayton? I mean, what, what is it about the community that made you think like, eh, this is a good place for me to basically spend 20 years with a, essentially a, a startup nonprofit? I can't imagine. I can't imagine living anywhere else. I lived, I grew up in a really small community, um, actually in a rural part of Muncie, mm-hmm. and um, my dream was to live in a house with stairs. I grew <laughs> up in a house, a three bedroom ranch, and I always wanted to live in a house with stairs, and right. now I'm paying that price. But <laughs> I, Dayton has just been so uh, supportive of this organization, and I just love being able to go places and run into you know 25 people that you know at the grocery store. Or mm-hmm. anywhere in the Dayton Rotary has been incredibly um, beneficial to me personally and professionally. Mm-hmm. So I just really I can't say enough about this community. Where do you think the community is ending? Uh, there's a lot. Uh, it seems like there's a lot going on in the community lately. That much of which has to do with either preservation issues or or stuff going on downtown um, or in some of the historic districts. Where, where do you feel the community is right now? Where do you think it's heading? Well, having lived here for m- more than half my life, I really feel that we are in, the, in a great spot. We have such a rich history in this mm-hmm. community that I think we're finally trying to take advantage of that and capitalizing on that. Mm-hmm. And I really think that this is, uh, we're, we're getting, really gaining some traction in that. If you can wave a magic wand and make it a different or better place, what would you change? What would I, I ask change? everybody this. Just um, I would change perception. I think that um, the people that are naysayers about downtown don't take part in activities downtown. Mm -hmm. I think it's all a perception. You know, I live off of Salem Avenue and you hear Salem Avenue, you automatically think crime. Mm -hmm. I mean, that would be probably the first thing people think of Mm -hmm. when they hear about Salem Avenue. And I just not fair. It's not fair. Yeah. Um, I had the uh, I had the director of the uh, Tecumseh Land Trust in last week, uh, Krista McGaugh, and she was talking a lot about, you know, issues of. With land trusts, of course, they're trying to take land out of out of the the um, target of sprawl and development that just kind of is uncontrolled. Um, you're pretty much in the infill business, pretty much. I mean, does that is 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 that the way of the future? Do you think or? I would like to think so. I feel I think of myself as a three mile zone kind of person where I live and work and worship and mm. really participate in activities that are about three mile radius right. from my house. And right. I just I really support the inner core of the of the city. Mm, that's cool. Um, and um, uh, what else? What else about the community has made it just possible to do what what what, what you've done? Oh, the people the people in this community just everybody if you they don't know somebody they'll know somebody who can kind of community it does seem like a fairly easy place to do business in terms of scale and also too there's nobody in town that tells you "Eh, that's a stupid idea don't do that it seems like the kind of community where uh people more or less give you the encouragement with the idea to go ahead and try it and then see where it goes from there i mean that's always been my experience and 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 i'm with you i'm not sure i'm not sure i could picture doing business in a larger community at this point it feels like this is this is the, the scale that works. Um, tell people where they can find out more. We got a couple minutes left. They should go to our website rtdayton.org, okay. where they can donate online. They can volunteer online. They mm-hmm. can just learn more about information about rebuilding together, 
or they can call us at 223-4893. And give us the website again? rtdayton.org. Gotcha. And then um, when they go on and, and uh, do the volunteer thing, do you ask them about particular skills they may or may not have? Yes, or? they can identify which skills they have and when, when, when they would like to work, whether they'd like to work on Rebuilding Day or during the, the rest of the year. What are you actually doing on Rebuilding Day? What am I doing a, on Rebuilding Day? we got a couple day? seconds left. Yeah. I will have a radio and I will have a, <laughs> a clipboard and I will have a checklist and I will be hitting as many of the 20 houses that I possibly can cover in, in that amount of time. Cool. Very quickly, what do you like best about the job? Oh, what do I like best about the job? I like when I when it rains, I can think about the homeowner who has a new roof. That's or cool. when my furnace kicks on in the middle of the night because it's so cold, I can think about the furnaces that we've replaced so that people are, are going to sleep in a warm house. That's a nice thought. That's cool. I told you this went really fast. <laughs> we are out of time. Uh, we've been in the uh, studio with uh, Amy Rodacci, the president and CEO of Rebuilding Together Dayton, a fellow Dayton Rotarian. And um, she's been talking to us about Rebuilding uh, Together Day uh, on April 25th. 25th and uh, how you can participate, find out more. And um, I hope you'll come back in another couple of years. Anytime. I, mean, I see you every Monday, but uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll get you back when uh, in a few years when the uh, organization seems to have evolved and advanced even further than it has in the last few. It's good work. Uh, this has been Miami Valley Voices. I'm your host, Ron Rollins. Uh, thanks, Tammy, for coming in, and uh, we will see you next week. Have a great day.